0: This episode of She Explores is brought to you by Deuter, who have been making technical hiking, backpacking, snow sport, bike, and travel packs German-engineered since 1898 for comfort, fit, and ventilation. Stay tuned for later in the episode, I'll talk with my teammate Haley Hurst about my new Deuter hiking pack, which might just be my first real hiking day pack. Learn more by heading to Deuter.com. That's D-E-U-T-E-R.com. This episode is also brought to you by Merrill. Merrill exists to give you all you need to discover the simple yet profound power of the trail. They believe the trail is for everybody and everybody. Merrill's goal is to provide thoughtfully designed, rigorously tested products that over deliver on performance, versatility, and durability. Because when you've got air in your lungs and good shoes on your feet, you've got everything you need. I've been baby stepping my way back into running, and my favorite way to do so is by hitting trails. My go-to trail runners have been the Merrill and Torres, which are designed specifically for women and feature a special stability technology and Vibram outsole for extra confidence on very terrain, which I feel like I especially do because even though my mom said I would, I never grew out of my klutziness. Learn more at Merrill.com. That's M-E-R-R-E-L-L.com. I'm Gail Straub and you're listening to She Explores.
1: Climbing and running both kind of became this thing that I saw as Emily does this. Emily is a climber. Emily is a runner. And when I, both of those things were taken away, I kind of had to sit with myself and say, okay, what is Emily without those things? I felt like an attack on my life when those things were taken away but it turned out to be a beautiful place
0: of healing for me This is Emily Struess Identity is personal Identifying with an activity and accomplishments is very fickle A simple sentence like I'm a climber or I'm a runner feels like fixing a constant place but they're more variable than we think, fragile even. Sometimes the hardest thing isn't running an ultramarathon or topping out at a climbing competition. It's showing up for yourself in small ways, taking a step back and figuring out what you need so you can figure out who you are. This episode is about Emily, who's in the middle of a lot of that hard work right now. Emily grew up in a family of athletes, so it felt natural that she might find herself in sports too.
1: My whole family is very athletic, and I'm the only one that's quote-unquote outdoorsy. Success when I was younger looked like breaking records in running track or going to state in volleyball, or my sister was a college swimming athlete, and there's like my aunt's in the hall of fame for gymnastics. And my dad played college football and basketball and he was very well known for his athletic ability. So it's kind of just this like long line of family. And that's just what I knew as like the Strews family is like they're athletic and they compete. I liked that part of it, but not in those specific things that, that I saw my siblings doing or being really successful at. And I did, I struggled with that for a long time because I'm like, my siblings are so successful in these things. I don't feel that way. I was not a good track athlete by any means. But like my brother still holds the record for some of, some of the races that he was running. Athleticism, I guess, is just really strong in my family. It took me a while to figure out that that wasn't
0: for me. She grew up in Minnesota and found climbing in a summer camp in high school.
1: Actually, surprisingly, there is quite a bit of climbing in the Midwest. And I started at this like summer camp and they just had an indoor wall that they built. It had all these like overhanging areas. And I started climbing at that indoor gym and just like loved it. Like I was 16 years old when I discovered climbing and they would take trips to blue mounds in Minnesota. I think it's in Southern Minnesota, red river gorge in Kentucky. It like lit this fire in me to like, want to just be on the rock and like challenge myself with these different routes. And it was like a different sort of challenge I had never experienced because I grew up like playing volleyball and basketball and doing like all those different type of athletic sports. And I wasn't introduced to like outdoor sports until later in my teen years, early 20s. And it was like, this is my thing. <laughs> this, is, this is me 100%. So I just, I felt like I just vibed with the people more. And I like just kind of being in my own mental space. So I just started going on trips with them. And then I really got into it in college and did some competitions, just traveled around with a group of friends.
0: You said you did volleyball and basketball. Did you always consider yourself an athlete growing up?
1: I was a distracted athlete. (laughs) (laughs) I had a very difficult time focusing. (laughs) I knew that I liked to move my body and I liked that. But I just, I couldn't get myself to be really committed to basketball or really committed to volleyball. I was just constantly changing different sports. I felt that athleticism and a draw to it. I just, it took me a really long time to find my niche thing. And the first thing was really triathlon. I started that my senior year in high school and did my first Olympic triathlon. And I trained really hard for it. And ended up getting first place. And it was like, this is now a new path that I need to take because I maybe just individual sports where I can just be in my own mental space. It's very therapeutic. I'm not like a very fast reaction person. <laughs> I, I kind of would be like in basketball practice, like staring off, like wondering about like, Trees or something. <laughs> just like thinking about the outdoors, and they're like, "Emily, are you listening?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not here mentally right now." So it kind of just worked for my own mental space and how I operate.
0: <laughs> As I've heard from other women on this show, climbing takes a lot of focus. The flow state you reach can be a welcome respite for a busy mind.
1: That quietness of the mind that happens when you have to focus so intensely on one simple thing, it just connects with me and feels good, and I love it.
0: Do you get into that flow state trail running? Definitely. Yeah.
1: And I, the thing I appreciate about running is it doesn't happen, like, in the first four miles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? this feels choppy. Why am I here? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I like this. And then for me, it's usually around three or four miles that my breathing becomes in sync with my movement. I kind of forget or let go of like stresses or worries or things that I may have been thinking about before I hit the trail. And I'm able to move into more of a flow state of just I'm in this moment. I have my breath and my feet in this trail. And that's that's it for right now.
0: How do you get through the those first four miles?
1: It's like the the dangling carrot. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that I will be able to get to that point.
0: <laughs> Emily started to identify as a climber and a runner. Her story isn't quite linear and it's punctuated by injuries. It's a bit counterintuitive, but her first injury propelled her into this identity as an adventure athlete, while the others have slowly released her from it. When Emily was 18, it was the summer before starting college. She found climbing a couple of years earlier and jumped in.
1: At that same camp that I discovered rock climbing, I also became a high ropes instructor. So I was spending every day 30, to 40 feet up in the air leading high ropes activities with kids and so I was very comfortable up in the trees and I started free climbing this is how I discovered I'm definitely not Alex (laughs) (laughs) Honnold just go free climbing there was a branch that broke on a 70 foot pine tree white pine in northern Minnesota and I fell the entire way down and was 100% sure when that branch broke that this is the end
0: Mm.
1: it was just immediate shock I there was nothing to hold on to and my mind completely escaped from my body it was like this is going to be extremely painful and it just escaped from itself the injury I mean it was top to bottom six broken ribs lacerated liver, lacerated spleen, internal bleeding I dislocated my right hip it came completely out of the socket fractured mid to lower spine, fractured sacrum, fractured pelvis it was just everything internal just was broken and we were two miles back on this uh, backcountry road with no service it was kind of your worst-case scenario.
0: She was airlifted to a hospital. Incredibly, she spent just six days there. I can't help but think that Emily was very lucky. She sees it as nothing short of a miracle.
1: All these little, like, glimmering miracles that just popped up. Like, I remember sitting on my parents' porch overlooking the Mississippi River in Minnesota, and watching the leaves change color day by day as it grew in the fall. And I just became so thankful for the simplest things of like being able to have time and enjoy just watching the river, just watching the leaves change everything, all the noise outside of life, like really didn't matter anymore. And I was just so thankful just to be alive.
0: I think it says a lot about Emily that she saw the gift in that time, where another 18-year-old might have turned in a darker direction. She experienced a shift in her outlook beyond her years. Emily recovered at her parents' house, delaying the start of college by a semester.
1: My recovery was shockingly fast. Because the surgeon in the hospital said she'll never be able to run again. To have that information and then be running, it was like three months later, I was running again. So it was crazy. My my body really did make a full recovery. To be honest, I entered college a semester late and kind of came in with all the transfers and really had a hard time finding my group of people. I would say that was the most depressing time that I've experienced maybe ever because I just felt so alone and like I had just experienced this amazing thing in life. I just, I couldn't understand the culture that is a lot of students in college, which is don't really care about your classes and just get drunk all the time. I felt this like vigor and this love for life. And I just felt like, why are we wasting our lives just drinking all the time? And there wasn't a rock climbing wall at the university when I first went there. And I met the director of outdoor rec and we started talking about climbing. And he said, you know, my dream is to build a huge rock climbing wall in this place. And he talked to me a couple months later and he was like, it's happening. (laughs) Like, I just got this grant. We're doing this thing. And he showed me they were flying in these like pads from Taiwan and all this. There was a huge archway and it was this beautiful indoor gym. And that was his dream and he made it happen. And so I was there from the start of that gym and I started working there and just naturally met other climbers and that really became my group of people and who I associated with and felt the most comfortable with.
0: How did you get into endurance running?
1: Oh man. I I was doing triathlons. I kept doing triathlons. I think I did four of them. And I just realized I'm not a very good biker. I am a, I get like seasick. I'm like not a good swimmer. I feel like queasy every time I get out of the pool or lake. And I just really, really did well with running. I kind of would just suffer through the first two events. And I just knew that running was my freedom. And I'm, I'm like, if I can just make it to running, I will be fine. (laughs) Let's see. I think that was my junior year in college. I decided to just go all out and just try a marathon. So that was when I ran a marathon and it, it felt great. I loved training for it. I loved every mile of it. And then came out West and I realized marathon people like laugh at. <laughs> oh, you did a marathon. That's cute. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and there was like these like high mountain ultra races that are like, 50 miles and 100 miles and 150 and I'm just like wow like I don't even know anything about pushing myself to that limit I did run a race that was a 32k in Tillamook Oregon and it summited two mountains and I did not know what I was signing up for and the race director told us that before the race he's like I don't think you guys realize how difficult this is going to be <laughs> Like. Well, we're here. (laughs) It was. It wrecked me. You know, elevation gain in races was something new to me because Minnesota is so flat. I ran a marathon on flat land. Mm. And running that 32K was way harder, even though it's technically less miles. Summiting two mountains in a race is not a joke. I finished that and I was like torn apart. And I was like, wanted to do it again and wanted to find something with an either even longer distance. And so I signed up for my first 50K. And that's kind of when all these other injuries started showing up.
0: We'll hear about Emily's injuries and how they've changed how she feels joy, inspiration, and a sense of self after this. We all want our bras to fit better. And Third Love is dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. They've used data from millions of real women to create bras with your unique breast shape and size in mind. You might be thinking, how many different breast shapes and sizes could there be? Honestly, just look around you. There are a lot. Their Fit Finder quiz helps you learn about yourself and other women. In just 60 seconds, you get an assessment of the size that's best for you. Sometimes a half size is best, as well as what bra will best fit your shape. I love it because it takes some of the guesswork out of bra shopping. My Third Love bras fit great and look cute. And by taking the Fit Finder quiz, they were picked for me by me. And because Third Love has a perfect fit promise, every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. If you don't love it, you can return it for free and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. I love thinking that what doesn't work for you is a perfect fit for someone else. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash explore now for your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash explore for 15% off today. Deuter's been making technical hiking, backpacking, snow sport, bike, and travel packs German-engineered since 1898 for comfort, fit, and ventilation. I just got to try out their new hiking pack, the Trail 28 SL. Opening it up and trying it on, I had a surprising realization that I share with my team member, Haley. I've actually kind of realized that I've never had a hiking backpack before, like a true hiking backpack. Like I look at this and I'm like, that's a real hiking backpack. Really? What's different about it? I guess my hiking pack story has been using school bags and just like bags that were kind of accessible around the house when I was growing up. As I've gotten older and I have hiked more sometimes I've used a backpacking bag for a day pack like a lightweight backpacking bag and I think that there are different needs for different packs so it wasn't always the the right fit for me to do that and that was also a unisex bag. I think it's so relatable though like I use like terrible drawstring packs forever or just like yeah my school backpack that was all ratty and full of pens still. All the drawstring ones like the ones that you get for free at events or like in raffles and stuff. <laughs> yeah super uncomfortable. I'm excited to see what it's like to hike with something that's specifically designed for hiking and for women and kind of see where it takes me. Deuter Women's Fit SL hiking packs are designed with women in mind, with narrower straps and a shorter torso for a better fit. Learn more by heading to deuter.com. That's D E U T E R.com. We're back. Emily's running a lot, pushing herself hard because that's what she knows to do. It's who she is. Her second injury struck as they do when she least expected it. I got a stress fracture
1: in my hip, and that was a very odd injury to discover. I was on a 10 mile run in Haley, Idaho, and I was like, gosh, like this is so weird. Like there's just this pain in my hip. I don't know what's going on. And but I just kept going. I finished the 10 miles and could barely walk by the end of it so I went in to the doctor and got an MRI and um, she was like yeah if you kept running on this it would break through your femur so I had to get the whole crutches and but ironically at the same time I was also doing yoga teacher training so I have this injury and I can't walk. And I basically am in this teaching where I have to just sit with myself. <laughs> and I hated it. I hated the challenge of like, I have to go for an entire weekend and just sit and like meditate and work on breath work. That was the opposite of what I wanted to do. It like actually made me frustrated because I just wanted to go and run and have my freedom, but I I really discovered that sitting with myself in meditation and creating that space for myself and working on my breath was actually what I needed.
0: So you've learned a lot of lessons about taking care of yourself and taking care of your body?
1: Yes, and having patience with the process.
0: So the first recovery was from the tree fall, the second from a hip injury. And then the next one was a piece of bone that
1: broke off in my knee joint.
0: For anyone who's squeamish about medical stuff, I'll spare you the details on this one. In short, the bone got stuck in Emily's meniscus and was excruciatingly painful until it worked its way out. she needs surgery to prevent it from getting stuck again, but the timing wasn't great. She was just about to leave on a hike of the Inca Trail in Peru with a nonprofit, raising money for youth in developing countries to receive higher education. With the bone floating around her knee joint, she decided to chance it. And my mom had signed up for the trail.
1: It was not an outdoorsy person at all. <laughs> and I just really, really was excited for that trip. And so I just went through with it. And my knee didn't give me one problem the entire time.
0: Emily described the trail.
1: Built by the Incas thousands of years ago. And you're constantly going up, 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 and down, 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 up, up, up. You're, and they're all stairs. Your quads are like ripped apart by the end of it. <laughs> but all the architecture is so brilliantly designed. And our guide was very knowledgeable in explaining to us that the way that they worshiped the sun and the moon and seasons changing, he would tell us, you know, this specific type of worship center or architecture is built this way because at this specific time, the sun rests on this one stone or something like that. And it was always so well thought out. And it really is also a very spiritual and impactful journey. So I I really didn't know what I was signing up for when I did that. But it it was a lot harder than I expected it to be. Um, It gets up to like 14,000 feet. The air is really thin and just... And then you finish at Machu Picchu, which is this crazy ancient structure it's just like filled with wonder it's like how do these people with no modern machinery move these massive stones
0: and and worth the risk of the pain that you felt before
1: definitely worth the risk (laughs) i was i'm very happy that i went on that journey still first thing i did when i came back was get that knee surgery and get it removed that was last September, still in recovery from that, That I really didn't understand how intense knee surgery is because I kind of just thought, I don't know, they just put their little scopes in there and suck the bone out and you're good to go, right? But you kind of have to like retrain all the muscles around your knee to engage again and to move. So that's been a glacial process. <laughs>
0: So it's been a year since that surgery and Emily is still in recovery, not running ultramarathons, not climbing, really. It's changed her. How would you describe yourself today and, and what you are passionate about?
1: Oh my. Today? Well, since we did go over some of the recent things that have happened as far as injuries. And that's really just transformed my mindset. And so today I would describe myself as a a person that's very much so in a seeking part of my life. I'm very um, connected to the miracles of the world, you know, relationships and the way that cultures operate and the way that people operate. And I'm very much an observer. I love to just watch how both people and nature interact as individuals as well as together. And I'm just like soaking up everything. I'm very much so a very peaceful person (laughs) by myself. I'm a yoga instructor. And I really found, I guess, my calmness. And a new ability to release athleticism from my identity, because climbing and running both kind of became this thing that I saw as Emily does this. Emily is a climber. Emily is a runner. And when I, both of those things were taken away, I kind of had to sit with myself and say, okay, what is Emily without those things? and what is important to Emily. So all of those experiences with myself have been very fresh. And I have really appreciated leaning more into meditation and prayer and this really like living in awe of the miracle of life. Things that at first they might seem really like it's an attack like I felt like an attack on my life when those things were taken away, but it turned out to be a beautiful place of healing for me. Goals and dreams and things that we have are really important. I think obstacles help us just see them in a different light. kind to just rework why we're pursuing that thing and i guess yeah for me i just that whole identity piece it was like crazy to just have to sit with myself on that and uncover some maybe unattractive parts of myself that i didn't even wasn't even aware of until i didn't have that part of me anymore
0: Being unable to do those things has made her slow down, self-reflect, and brought her closer to who she wants to be. She's gotten to focus on her business, Out of Bounds Design Co., a professional writing service for content like social media, blogs, and website copy. She helps bring the stories of businesses and nonprofits to life. I can get a sense of your, some of your obstacles, but where is it that you want to go?
1: I think I'm kind of like in a seeking that like seeking phase of discovery and more of what those are. I know what guides me. I know that I'm very fascinated with well, writing is my love. Like I love writing, especially stories about other people and getting to know the reasons of why people do the things that they do. And what other people's passions are and kind of what drives them. I love like listening to other people. So I think one of my goals is to write a book one day or a series of works. But writing is my full time right now, which I am. It is an absolute dream of mine to be able to be a full time writer at this point in my life. Um, but I don't have any like big published work or anything. So that's definitely a goal of mine. And then the other goal is to just with the outdoors is to not have to always push myself as an athlete on the trail, but challenge myself to take more of a relaxed approach and just enjoy the journey for everything that it is like, Whether I'm working through an injury, I'm working through an emotional tumultuous thing that's happening in my life, whatever it is, to do what I need to do for myself and my body. Because when you have a training regime, it's like, all right, you're running 18 miles today, whether you like it or not. To remove myself from that and say, maybe all I need to do today is meditate. Maybe all I need to do is 25 minutes of yoga and not have to push myself to this limit all the time. It's a very roundabout answer. <laughs> Basically, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm listening to the process, and a huge goal and dream of mine is to travel to other cultures and nations which I've done a fair bit of and really research the people and get to know the people and write their stories.
0: And those all sound like great goals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: You recently posted on your personal Instagram, I saw um, that you sold, I think you sold your climbing equipment or some of your outdoor equipment.
1: I did. Sounds like
0: a pretty bold move.
1: (laughs) You would think that I was like giving my child up for adoption or something. (laughs) (laughs) I just really, I felt like I had to make that move for myself. And I really do. I want somebody else. And it was this adorable kid. He's like 18 or 19 and he's just getting into climbing and who I sold it to and i'm i'm like i i want to like gift this to somebody else to have that experience i'm not going to be climbing in the outdoors again for a while i'm my choice in this life like at this moment is to take a break from that and to go travel and to experience different cultures and i'll be leaving for greece in a month and so all my stuff is just going to be sitting you know in boise for the next 6 months So I'm like, I'm just going to free myself of this and just get rid of it. I still have my harness and my shoes. So I I didn't like fully commit, (laughs) but all my outdoor gear, I was was just like, just get rid of it. Let it go.
0: I feel like at this point, you've had a couple of like identity shifts. So I I can see why you wouldn't sell it all because you just, you don't know what like the next few years will bring you to
1: Yeah, exactly. And my hope if I do return to climbing is that I can just take a more relaxed approach to it. And I did too. I was climbing a little bit in between injuries the past couple of years. And I, I remember being on this raw outdoor, uh, really overhung roof route. And I was with my climbing partner at the time. And it was really hard. And he was like, go for the next clip. You can do it. You can do it. I know that you can get that. And I was like, took a break. And I like relaxed. And I was like, hold. And I like hung off the wall. And I'm like, I don't want to make it to that. This is weird. Normally, I would just be like throwing myself up there until I get it. So committed. And I have to get that. And I didn't want to I didn't see it worth it. Because I realized if I've don't make that next move and i don't make that next clip the way that this route is built the way that it's really overhung i'll probably fall down and hit the wall Mm -hmm. and i'm just not willing to throw myself up there right now like i want to take care of myself and choose to not go for that move so i was like lower me down i don't want to go for that so kind of just like enjoy the simplicity of climbing and not have to challenge myself so much
0: yeah, success looks different, exactly. yeah what is um what does success look like in your in your business life? You run your own business, you do copywriting for companies and and nonprofits. When do you feel good about what you're doing and like what kind of drives you?
1: If I can live off of writing, that is my success. I don't see success as this point I need to make it to necessarily, but I've learned to really be grateful for how far I've already come and the goals that I've set and already accomplished and find success every day. I can wake up and I can make my own schedule. I wanted that. I am writing about things that I'm passionate about and I care about and I love. And the different clients that I'm working with, I'm passionate about what they're doing. And I, I love like supporting them and working with them and improving their own dreams and passions. And so while I might have goals and very far off goals that I feel are very far away from where I'm at right now, I'm very thankful to have the mindset of what have been my successes in this past month or this past week or just today. Like, what can I hold on to that I'm really proud of myself that I did today? Because that kind of keeps me thankful and grateful and out of that place of striving. Like, I've got to do this thing. I've got to make it to this thing. If I start feeling that way, and I do, and I get stressed and overwhelmed, I will be like, all right, Emily, you're taking a time out, you're you're pausing for five, and you're going to write on this random piece of paper, like maybe it's a napkin, what you are proud of yourself for, and what are the goals that you've accomplished in the past six months. And it totally shifts my entire mindset.
0: Hearing Emily talk, I had to wonder about her old definition of success as being very physical, of doing hard things. Do you think that for you, some of the why came down to, like, love, you know? Like, I'm just thinking about how the culture of your family was often revolved around athletic success and that gets reinforced when you're around your family all the time. And that's kind of how you, you know, it's how you experience like self-love in certain ways. And I just, I just wonder about that, if that's anything that you thought about.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. It was just a part of meaning. It was like, this is, has to be a part of me. Otherwise, I am not really successful. And I have to do well and I have to compete well because that is success in my mind. And my family was never like my parents and my dad never told me I had to compete or like were hard on me or anything. It was just my own pressure I placed on myself because. I'm like, well, I got the same genes as those guys. (laughs) I have to do good at something because they're crushing it out there.
0: What would you tell someone else who's going through an injury recovery? Oh, man.
1: It's a blessing. (laughs) I would say use the time to work through some self-love and use the time to not be so, especially in the United States, like life is so busy. If we're not busy, we're not successful. Like you're supposed to have your day packed from like 6am to 6pm. And then maybe you're a successful person, but I'm really challenging that for myself because it's not a healthy lifestyle for me. So, I guess I would tell someone that's going through an injury to not give up and be with the moments and be with the days. Do those silly little physical therapy exercises that seem like they're not going to help at all. Um, over time, they do. And it's just like, just like physical therapy, right? About ourselves, little amounts of self-love that we give ourselves every day, they do add up over time. And just like physical therapy isn't something that you can sit down and crank out in four hours and be done with it. You have to return to it every day. And it's a pattern that you can apply to your own life. And I'm gonna choose to make these little things Every day, maybe it's reading a book for 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day. That's what you need in your own life. Or just taking 30 minutes to yourself in the morning before you go to work. Applying that to other areas of life. Because having an injury, it really does kind of make all the blocks fall apart. It's like it just crumbles. Like you are on this path and working towards this thing, and then it gets taken away. And it's a really beautiful. Beautiful moment in life to be able to look at yourself and process why you're doing what you're doing.
0: Emily just spent a couple of months living and working remotely from Greece, refining her values and being grateful for small milestones. Find her on Instagram at writerlife, that's life with why, and I'll link her company site as well. Thanks to our sponsors, Merrill Deuter, and Third Love. Links and discount codes are listed in the show notes. Learn more about She Explorers by heading to our website, she explorerscom and support the show by leaving us a review wherever you listen and joining the She Explores podcast Facebook group. With now 6,000 members, it's a really encouraging place to share your outdoor endeavors, projects, and to connect with previous guests of the show. Music is by Josh Woodward, Lee Roosevelt, Kay Engel, and Maiden. Until next week, have fun out there.